to go. A little tune to get you dancing around your kitchen this morning. Yep, that's uh, brand new. That came off the uh, hot off the press. I went in there, and I said, I'm going to, I had something on my mind. And, um, you know, I sat down. Where's that hum coming from now? There's like a hum here. And I'm not sure I like it. Oh, well. Sorry about the hum. Don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I went in there, and I, you know, I basically uh, was upgrading my subscription to Reason. I was somehow... The, what's really pissing me off with this Reason program is that whenever I have an outboard instrument or vocal or anything I put in through the audio channel, it cuts out for a second after about a minute, you know, and then, so I've had to cram everything in and then loop it and stuff. And I, uh, um, you know, I have a ticket in <clears throat> with them and to find out what, what the deal is, I thought maybe it's, they don't see me as a real member of are really being valid with this version or this version's not. So they, they have it cut out when you're trying to record so you can't. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, <clears throat> we'll get to the bottom of it. But um, <clears throat> what, you're really, you're going to do that? <clears throat> I've got this, um, <clears throat> Trish. Yeah. I need like a lung cleanser or something. I'm sorry, I've got this. You know, I was clear this morning and then all of a sudden there it is again. It hangs on. It, it, I, I've got a lot to say about this virus, this uh, you know collection of viruses they launched. Um, I'm, I'm positive, hundred percent, that it's a launch. It's not a. It's not natural, and I have many reasons. I've been collecting data over the years, so I, I really do understand. Uh, this was loaded with several components. Uh, there's actually a, a like a stomach flu component to it, an intestinal kind of flu component to it that. Sometimes people pass through real quick or sometimes it hangs on. So I've seen that too with this particular drop. And they said they were going to drop it mid-September. So this is about where we should be. So this virus, once you get, you get the head cold and you feel like you're getting over the head cold, you know, the mucus is coming out, you get, you, you know, and oh, it's not down my throat. Hey, interesting. Then all of a sudden it's down your throat and now you're, you're you know, you got to treat it. You have to be able to breathe, you know. So, and that's the COVID component. Then there's another kicker afterwards in the throat. So after you've got that lung thing kind of taken care of, then there's a second lung feature. And that second lung feature starts just below your throat to grab the windpipe and, and, and squeeze. It may be the snake venom aspect to it. And squeeze right there. And then there's some mucus, not as much as it was before, attached to the head cold. So you've got the head cold, you've got the pneumonia thing. It's not doesn't develop into full pneumonia, but it's just like you know, it, it, it's it's you know, lungs filling with fluid. You've got the uh, <clears throat> then on its way out, it it like mimics you getting better, but then it you know gets what it hangs on, and we're going on three weeks now. Okay, and it's gonna be it's gonna be full four weeks of symptoms, which is not normal. And um, you know, it, I mean, it's normal for the period we're in now because all these viruses are loaded, and none of them are you know none of them are natural; they're all man-made. So, uh, <clears throat> it's right there, yeah, right where the where the talking yeah. box is. 
It's right where the larynx is. And it, and it doesn't really move. It just stays there trying to block me from talking. I believe that's the last component of it. It's, a, it's an attempt to kind of squeeze the no. air pipe. No. No, no, no. Because you see what's happened now is people have built up a great immunity now. And that this is not what they expected. So let me give you some good news. They released this thing too prematurely because they're stupid. You know, the, the more people involved in the military-industrial complex and this, this U.S. military operation against its own citizens and every citizen in the world, um, you, you know, uh, the more too many cooks spoil the, 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 the meal. The broth. The broth, yes. They spoil the broth. <laughs> He just wants me to stop talking. No, he wants to play. The same as Molly, same as Dasha, and now Ben's. Let's go, let's go see if there's any kind They always do the same thing. They want me to stop the, the Zeph report. The demons are getting in, telling Ben's to stop me. No. Anyway, bottom line, once you're through with this thing, you're really, really tough. Okay? Because this is everything in the kitchen sink they threw at you this time. This was supposed to be the big one, but if you had natural immunity built up from the last one, which we all did because we all got we all got it, and you kept up with your ivermectin and your you know hydroxychloroquine and your you know your zinc and and uh, quercetin A A and uh, D your D three, and just kind of kept going with all that stuff, along with you know some you know if you you're smart you you did some telemedicine got some. Uh, drugs in your medicine cabinet, some treatments that will help before they before they don't make them anymore. They make them weak. And uh, what else helped me? I had to use steroids, um, uh, you know, for like asthma inhalers and things like that. But that's that's the best thing I could do because everybody that really survived it in the past like three years had had used those. Um, you know, those uh, steroid inhalers because what they do is they, they you know, they, they make someone that can't breathe with asthma be able to breathe long enough so you can treat it with the ivermectin and the uh, hydroxy and all that stuff. Okay, so everything, kitchen sink at it, everything. And still it was really a, uh, it was really strong, a very strong virus despite, <clears throat> and also, you know, the, the Z, the Z, the, um, uh, the Z thing, the uh, zithromycin. That was what I was taking. And, in, you know, and um, then I had some other issues with back pain and things like that. So, um, you know, I had taken uh, ibuprofen, I think, and uh, I had taken um, curcumin, a lot of curcumin during this period. And uh, that really helps a lot. Does that lung cleanse help, right? Yeah, you know what helped the best is the, is the, is the cayenne tea and... and you want uh, me to make a cayenne With manuka honey, yeah. With lemon? With lemon, yeah. That's what, that's what does it. But I'm just saying, you know, as you can tell from my energy and my voice and everything, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm there. I just got to clear this, this, this thing is just trying to just hang on. And it's not going to get worse. It's going to, you know, it's getting weaker. And uh, we beat it. We beat it. I'm just declaring victory right now. Um, that was the worst one I've been th- That was, you know... I've been through these years ago where I didn't have any treatment. I didn't have a treatment plan. And I could barely got through without dying. This time I had a treatment plan and I was able to avoid dying and getting to that point. But I've been to that point before with a cytokine storm and to wheezing so loud I couldn't even sleep because I couldn't, I couldn't 
because the wheezing was so loud, it kept me awake. You know, cytokine storm. You know, it's complete lungs, completely, you know, uh, wasted. And, um, and I can tell you with this particular thing that they released, they were very proud of it. Um, you know, Gates went out and definitely bragged about it, saying, this one they'll pay attention to. <laughs> you know, he's such a smug little asshole, you know me. Just a real piece of shit. But I got to tell you something about Gates. All of this, I have a theory about all of them, but I'm, I'll, okay, I'll save that for a second. Okay, so, yeah, so this is the one they're really proud of, and this is the one that's, you know, it hasn't quite gotten up to full speed yet. So probably a month or two from now, you're going to start seeing, you know, the, the, they've already started up out in San Francisco area, everybody mask. They're starting the mandates now. They're doing, they're, it's, but it's coming out slower than what they wanted. And all of our people uh, are recovering. Why is that? Because they have built up immunity from the past and now they're going to be superhumans. And that's the good news. You know, once you get by this thing, you're, <laughs> there's nothing they can really do. You know, that you're, you're armed as well as the globalists are armed. It doesn't spread really from um, person to person. Anyway, it's like, um, you know, kind of a random frequencies. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of things, components that go into who gets it and who doesn't. But, you know, the idea is to start, you know, saturating a little more, a little more, a little, make it look natural as possible. Make the spread look natural so they don't get caught. Now, they're already caught. There's no na nothing natural about this. This is not the right time of year for it. The right time of year is a little bit down the road from here. So already they've blown it. And now they have a, you know, an, an army to deal with that are super protected going into the future. And what are they going to do? It's their fault. They did it. Larry Fink is not a god. You know, and these Maui, burn these Maui murderers are not gods. That's, the Maui murderers is the U.S. military, the U.S. Air Force, Joe Biden, the entire Democrat Party. All these people are involved in this COVID thing. You have to realize, if you didn't have the Democrat Party, you wouldn't have COVID. And what is the Democrat Party but the global communist party? And what's that but the global trillionaires enslaving the masses? And what's that? It's the demonic fallen angels enslaving mankind. And what's that? It's a war against God. It's a war in the heaven. That's what it is. So, here we are. And I will say this. Um, if you're walking around right now, you know, free of pain, you're a big winner. You're a big, huge winner. Now, the other day I did, I did get, I lost it because I, well, I watched Greg Reese's, uh, excellent, um, you know, he does great work with these exposés, but sometimes, I mean, it got, it, the, the Maui thing is a, it's a real kind of a thorn in my side. I, I, there's nothing I can do about it. But I just, to watch, to watch my fellow citizens turn a blind eye to mass murder in that way. And like, it's just like if they went into a Cleveland, Ohio and just killed everybody. You know what I mean? And then nobody, no one said anything about it. It, 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 it just, that's what got me mad, okay? That's what got me cussing at God and doing this and that, things I hate to do. I have to repent for, you know, and I've had a very close relationship with God since that last podcast. And, um, you know, we're all on the right track. And it's supposed to hurt. 
It's not supposed to be a free ride. It's supposed to hurt looking around at all these dolts. Looking around at all, don't call them zombies anymore. Let's call them what they really are. They're the demonically possessed. And this is a, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I was supposed to go to bed. I ended up in a little, um, like a business call late at night. And I was, you know, I was supposed to go to bed. But then I just started watching this thing with William Shatner last night about demon possession and Satan. (laughs) But globally and from a cultural perspective. And, um... I um, and I know God wanted me to watch it. He was like, "You are going to see this whole thing," and so it was all about you know it was leading up to uh, Satan and the myth of Satan and the, the, how people believe in it, and then finally started getting into the topic of exorcism and demonic possession, and then it went around the world to like China, Japan, just different cultures that have the same problem. You know, really hardened academic types that didn't believe any of this stuff, and then they started seeing demon, demonically possessed people, and then believed totally. God, the devil, the whole thing is all real. It's one hundred percent real, one hundred percent. Not just real here, real in every country on Earth. And there are shrines in you know China and, and Japan about you know where you know that the, these uh, you know you know reminders of demons and going to hell and you know being possessed and people that needed to be delivered you know all over the world not just you know <clears throat> the catholic exorcism right but i mean jesus um was you know a great example of an exorcist although it didn't have a lot of example he it, it, it's just common knowledge that jesus thank you thank you jesus you know wherever he went people were getting you know um we're be getting free of demons. You know what I mean? He didn't have to sit there and go, come out and blah, 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 you know, and go into that swine. He didn't have to do that. He just had to, you know, and Peter realized that later, that Peter could walk down the street and people would get dispossessed of the, uh, the demons and their sicknesses, which a lot of sicknesses are demon possession. So people started, you know, academics and sciences and, and other cultures and, you know, secular people and atheists and all that started, you know, obviously everyone became a believer in God. Everyone who's ever dealt with demon-possessed people ends up believing in God, totally. And then ends up believing the Bible, totally. Because then they go, oh, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Ah, cayenne. Mm, yeah. So, so there we have, you know, we've, we're mis, we're mis, we're misnomenclaturing. <laughs> it's not even a word. We're mislabeling. <clears throat> um, you know, it's cute to say zombie, but zombie is just too broad and too um, dumb of a term. We we can't, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm repenting. Okay, so I'm going to admit. I think I was being foolish by saying it. I think we need to tell the people accurately that they need deliverance. And now we have an almost entire nation of people on the left side of the political spectrum that are demon-possessed. And, you know, the right, too. We know the perverts on the right, sure. Um, my grandfather was a raging pervert. What a... What a and just I was just realizing how many you know how how much he he was involved in moving the military industrial complex to war and how many people he got killed and that you know just being one of these voices for more war more Boeing more north or more bombs more this more nukes more everything 
Embarrassing. A terrible person. So, but that's okay, you know? I mean, that's just, it, you know, there, there should have been justice. There wasn't. Just like, so I've been thinking about that, you know, in my own family line. There should have been justice. Well, I mean, I guess there isn't that there's no children. Good. The, the line should be ended. I'll end it. Not only if that's, God gives me the unction, that's, that's that. And that's, that's a judgment of God. And that's basically, you know, if you're a warmonger and you get people killed or nuked or whatever it is from your pushing all this stuff and all this, you know, in, in this case, you know, this sort of, sort of right-wing warmongering shit, uh, you know, there's, there's consequences. You know, if, if what you've done and the causes that you've been behind have led to people's mass death and wars... You, you've got a lot to answer for. You're not just going to, you know, skip out and go to heaven. You're going to have to deal with that. You're going to have to reap what you've sown. And for the most part, everybody does. Most people, before they die, end up, you know, look at Henry Kissinger right now. He's having that, oh, my God, what have I done moment. And it, it leaked out publicly. And they're trying to squelch it now, but I saw that. And he represents a lot of them. A lot of them are having regrets right now. You know, Obama's just basically up his asshole with the regret. He's really got his panties in a knot now. Because this was what he wanted. Mass death of everybody, including him, including them. You didn't want it to go out that out of control and become that. But it's like, well, you play with fire. What do you think you're going to get? You know, Obama's not God. <clears throat> he may have been the, in charge of the Biden administration as, 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 a, as a lieutenant for the globalists, I guess. Building his, his uh, what was that house? His, you know, I mean, any, any, I welcome anyone on the political left to listen in and, and, and just answer me this. You know, why would, in a time of climate change, which is his big thing he goes around warning about, why would you build... You know, a big mansion at Martha's Vineyard at sea level, at the ocean. You'd have to be a blithering idiot to do that. And he isn't that. So why? It's because, you know, he's proving it's a scam. Now, one, but one part of this demonic possession is it all stems from hypnosis and mind control and frequencies. And eventually, but, but, the, but the mechanism by which they get possessed is very interesting. It's not about ideology. The ideology that they adopt is proof that it's working, but it's not the thing itself. The thing, it's, it also works with the jab and with the um, certain components in the jab that affect a certain part of the mind, the brain, that will allow the, de the demon entrance. <clears throat> So this demon, this demon that is, you know, the collective demon, in other words, it's like you get one program and, and it's like millions and millions and millions of, of, of examples of the same demon, you know, the same thing. You can call a demon a program if you like. I mean, but it's an entity that gets in, that takes over. And um, so the evidence of it taking over would be, you know, the wokeism, the policies, the adapting, you know, Despite no evidence, there's global, whatever it is, you know, climate change. 
despite no evidence whatsoever, they, they use all their machines to warm things up and cool them down and send around earthquakes and, you know, storms and stuff. But it doesn't really totally convince, you know what I mean? It's not really enough to overwhelm everything all at once, you know, to, to really call it that crisis. It doesn't even go, uh, you, you know, uh, overtake the statistics that we have going back hundreds of years and all that. So, or however many years. It doesn't even really, you know, infl- it should have this summer. It was hot as hell, you know. But that's got nothing to do with it. That's just basically a high ridge, which they can float over the, the southwest any day they like and just drought it out. And then they forget, and then it rains, and then it, oh, well, geez. Because there's too many of them to keep it consistent. So now we have evidence of demonic possession, which is anyone, I'll just take it, you know, make a controversial statement, but then you're used to that. Anybody, anybody that's into this sort of, you know, the, the, the woke ideology or whatever is demon-possessed. They are not of their own mind or soul at that point. They're not in control of their own spirit. Because, and my proof is that you can talk to any one of them separately who don't even know each other, and they spout the same language. But the language isn't so much ideology. It's the cadence of the voice. And it's not imitative because there's no connection between them. And uh, this is, you know, further proof to me that it's a demon. It's not a zombie. It's, it's, a, it's a demon. It's a very um, calculated program run by the fallen ones. And uh, using the U.S. and world global military industrial complex to, um, you know, basically for governments to commit democide against their own citizens and try to convince these governments to kill everybody, including themselves. That's really where it goes. Please, don't even... The New World Order, you know these people can't even build a... They wouldn't be able to put a tent up if you gave them the instructions, okay? There's no way they're going to build a New World Order. Obama, you hear me? You've got no way to build any New World Order. You don't even know what it is. All you want to do is race divide and call people different things and divide and conquer. But then once you conquer, you don't know what to do with it. Just that all of you are like that. Right? At least if, if you know, our people conquered, which is not, not their nature, that's not what we do, you know, we're people of peace. At least then you'd have farming and, you know, innovation and inventions. But if it isn't our people, their people don't build anything. They sit there and whine and complain. They worship the golden calf and have orgies. They worship, they, 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 they invent sex toys. <laughs> they make dildos. <laughs> That's about all they do. They don't do anything. They don't make anything. They just talk. Talk, 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 talk. Oh, I, well, I, I, I'm going to get beyond these cough. Anyway, so the demonic possession part, um, you know, should be pretty clear. Now, I've cast demons out of people without saying a word, just being in the room with them. I didn't even do anything. God did it through me. No, no talent on my part. No, 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 don't, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, well, good job, Zaf. No, no good job. It's just that God uses me for that purpose. And what happens is they flip out, and then they, and they, they, they've been possessed so long that when they finally come to waking cognition 
i.e. their normal state of consciousness, they can't handle it and they go screaming from the room. This happens all the time. And I used to think it was because they are repulsed with our spirits collide and they don't mesh, you know. You know how that is. That's Nobody likes to talk about that part either. That's a real reality out there. When the spirits, I, I see this all the time with um, in the business we're in. Oh, today is, yeah, I'm declaring today Quantum Devil Day. The Quantum Devil is a great story about, um, it's like a Lovecraftian type of, uh, you know, kind of fun horror movie about uh, consequences. And uh, really that's, and, and, and about the danger of this world and the predators out there in this world on top of it and how you can, you know, by your own sinning, you weaken yourself to those predators who are going to prey on you. And that's, it's a good cautionary tale, should be seen by everybody. And um, it, it's really out of the gate. If you just go Google the quantum devil, the, put the there, the quantum devil 2023, you won't even believe how many entries come up on uh, Google search. It's just en- endless pages. And, uh, you know, I know they jumped on it on IMDb and they tried to thrash it, but that's, those, are, those are mainly robots and also personal, you know, we have enemies, you know. Well, you may have noticed. <laughs> but that's not the rating it gets around the world. And by people like Film Threat are giving a 7.5 out of 10 and others. And people that have watched it are, I watched it. I rented and watched it. I was blown away by it. I just thought, uh, I was really excited about the music, Larry's directing and, and the, the acting, the story. And uh, it was a story that was worked from, well, Mike Muscal had it, Mike, producer Mike. I, we go way back. And, uh, and then he had Stephen Johnston write it. And he's a good writer. He's got a lot of credits and stuff. Veteran screenwriter. I think, did Stephen Johnston write Ed Gein? I... I he might have, and that's if that's true. That's where Mike won. Uh, he won Best Picture at Sieges for Ed Gein back in 1995. So that's that's what we're talking about. And then so the, the, so then I got the script, and then I um, I got it from Mike, and I optioned it, and uh, with the idea that maybe we could, you know, have a film that could be companion with Girl Next, that could be like the next stage, but it would be just you know, way more kind of accessible that would also then create interest in Girl Next and then we have the novelization that came out. So it's really um, a very interesting thing because then, of course, we have the the, the, the screenplay that, that, that Mike had, the story was basically consequences of opening up a portal to hell. And Quantum Devil is, just, you know, that didn't change that much from that. It's, it's consequences, but it's got a little more detail to it. We open a quantum hell, right? A quantum hell by people that are they're already criminals using their consciousness to create a world that they get stuck in, in death, and they can't get out of. So it's unleashing quantum hell, you know, but they don't control it. You know, they're, they're dupes. They were led to their, their, their lambs to the slaughter. Every one of them had done something bad in their lives. So that <clears throat> never that that was the bones of the story from the beginning, those consequences, and then we went into the quantum realm with it, and you know made it the sequel after Girl Next, and then there's another one to come that it starts integrating this. And for example, everybody talks to me about the Seal Men, 
And they said, well, what are these seal men that showed up? What, what, what's that? And we don't really mention it. They just, they kind of come and they go, they're, they're, they're the seal men. Well, the seal men are very important. <clears throat> I'm not quite sure who they are exactly, but we're going to find out more in Never Ever After. And the next installment after this is Never Ever After, which is an apocalyptic tale of the world. And you remember at the very end of Quantum Devil, he says, um, you know, what is it you want? And he goes, the world and nothing less. And then Cerno goes, done. So he's going to deliver the world to Barada, the demon, the big demon. That means he's going to destroy the world. It's going to be the end of the world. And so that's, hey, I need this to stop. So it's going to be the end of the world. And, um, you know, the thing is, is that uh, while this world is ending and all this stuff is happening, um, you know, these characters are going through their lives and dealing with this, this idea, is this a simulation? Is this real? What, what's going on? It's all ending, you know, riots everywhere, everything broken down, the whole thing, you know, is collapsing, everything, just like what you're seeing now. And this, we had written this a long time ago and, and, it was way ahead of its time. <clears throat> and then some of the characters come back. You'll see Lorian from um, Girl Next. Lorian comes back as in her role as a uh, CIA operative, an assassin. And that's <clears throat> basically what she is. But you learn more about her. She's not, in, she's, not, she's not the star. But, I mean, she's, you know, has a role to play in this, uh, this last configuration of Earth. And the real star is a uh, is a is a woman, actually a Native American uh, woman that uh, is a uh, starts off as a uh, a military surgeon, and then starts helping people who have implants, and then starts realizing about the electronic stalking, and then is actually doing lectures on gang stalking, and then is being called sick and twisted by psychiatrists, and she's standing up for herself. So you got to like that part of it. And then as we go into that, a thrilling, amazing ending, the world ending. Another one begins, just like that. And, you know, then it's coming into the, the finale, which is called Dragon Island. And Dragon Island is a huge epic film that deals with, uh, you know, that the, the, the deals with the control of the world. V- basically, the dragon, the, the age-old dragon, that age-old dragon, it's real. It's real. Right, the dragon of Samaria, the dragon of, the dragon of um, that was the uh, um, the progenitor of Marduk, the dragon that was the 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 the, the formation of Babylon. That dragon that has properties that can do anything, you know, the dragon that gives the we give away the mystery of the Bermuda Triangle, for example, and that kind of energy. Where does that? What's that? That's like the dragon's. Gullet. So what is it? A portal to hell? What is it exactly? Well, the dragon also appears as a beautiful woman, the most beautiful woman in the world. But who is she? What is this? And so we get into that on the island, and then, of course, it, it blends in. You know, it happens to be the people that are keeping the, the secret of this island, which the military wants. The U.S. military is doing anything it can do and sending in our, our, our buddy, our operative, our main character, is an operative, 
and he's going into uh, you know the, to secure the island for the U.S. military. Who's and the, so the military is actually going up against the dragon, but you don't see the dragon. You, you just you, you feel the dragon. It's eventually you see it, but you know the dragon. It's like it can appear like miles long, the tail, you know, and then it can be like a little tiny thing, like a little shrimp, shrimping around on the in the rocks and in the uh, tide pool. So uh, it's it's a the conclusion of which is, you know, is the truth of the worlds of the world of existence. It really is, and it's a thrilling um, well, way to go back because it really, really, it turns out. Well, this guy is trying to subdue the you know go and get subdue the dragon, the island, everything else. Of course, that's no one is going to subdue the dragon. You understand that. The dragon I like better than the military. <laughs> the dragon is at least, you know, we know that the God put the dragon there. We know that uh, the dragon is very consistent in what it wants and what it wants to do, which is really the dragon wants to convert all souls into slavery. I mean, that's basically it. And the U.S. military is already a slave. So what's, you know what I mean? They, they, why would the dragon worry about the U.S. military industrial complex and all their little weapons and all their little nukes? Nukes don't mean anything. All these weapons mean nothing. The dragon can just swallow all the nukes. They can all explode and they won't even bother the dragon. And so then that's the conclusion. And that's the, the um, there may also be a girl next to in the works. Well, we're talking about that now, which will give a lot more information about Lauren West. And also, you've got to get the book from crazedhouse.com. So I got to mention this because I never plug anything, but I'm going to now because this is kind of a separate deal. But, you know, crazedhouse.com is becoming the home for a lot of this stuff. We've got Blu ray DVDs, of, you know, mastered by, you know, by us, by the best. You know, so you got the best picture, best sound, best everything, um, you, you know, and it will also play on HD. We also have HD, regular DVD. Um, you know, those of you wanting your collector's item, because you're going to want to collect all four of these, but that Blu-ray is special. It's not part of the commercial release by Gravitas, our distributor. It's us. So you've got that, and you can only get that at the website, and then what you can get is the book, Girl Next, and the DVD, as a companion, I'm not sure what we're going to do about, um, you know, the quantum devil. Obviously we're going to have a DVD. We're going to have it eventually. And I want to make it a collector. Now this, this girl next DVD is a director's cut and there's commentary by me and Larry Wade Carroll, the director on the girl next, um, you know, on the DVD. So it's very, so it's very, yeah, that's really cool. You get a lot of insights into what was happening during the shooting of that. And, um, you know, there's a lot to it. But anyway, people here, <clears throat> very short sighted, well, what happened on IMDb? You got slammed. It's like, yeah, but there's already, you know, producers talking to us about this. They love it. They want to do a sequel. I, I can't help it. It's, it's never going to go away. It's going to keep growing and growing and growing. And it's everything I do like that never goes away. <laughs> Believe me, I have a track record of never going away. It's never going to go away. Girl next. And what, what the seeds that were planted there. It's never going to go away. Whether, whether people can love it. They can hate it. I really don't care what they think about it. I, I, we do our best. 
we give it to God. We, we say, God, this is our best work we can do. This is our diamond cut. You know, we're all, you know, very pleased to offer this. And then, you know, the people, they're going to do what they're going to do. My theory is that people can't handle anything different than the mundane. If you do something different like Girl Next, they just just because it's different, they just want to attack it. But it's, there's no integrity there. Film Threat gave us a 9 out of 10. They said, well, yeah, but you have to you know, pay Film Threat to review it. Don't. You pay them to put ads in the magazine they have and stuff like that. It's just like anybody else. They don't give anybody a free ride. Look at some of their reviews. Nobody gets a free ride there. Chris Gore has got a lot of integrity. He's, there's no way. There's no way. But anyway, and uh, it's, it's had, uh, you know, um, you know the, these kind of, um, the, the criticism from critics that if you read the actual professional critics on Girl Next, it's always been mentioning the word misogyny and this and that. It's anti-woke, folks. It's going to irk those people to death. It's going to blow their fucking minds. It's going to blow their brains out the window. Why can't we cancel these guys? Why can't we debank them? You know, I mean, they just really, their hackles get up. Oh, that's misogynistic. Never mind what they do, which is complete misogyny. Complete exploitation of women and men and children. And so we have, um, they're butthurt over the fact that we have a transgender, um, uh, you, you know, uh, a trans woman in there. Um, and who's an actress, an actress who is not really male. Um, and, and, and she has an artificial penis on that looks so real that it's probably more real. I mean, if, if people are shrinking at the idea there's a penis in there, um, you know, then, then you haven't been paying attention to the, to the whole culture. It's like, it's not really a, a big deal. The point is that, that, that they, they couldn't stand that. It's, it's like, you need to get permission from the LGBTQ to do something like that. You know what I mean? That's their, that's their attitude. The, the fucking idiot attitude. Like this thing, let's make it all one big bureaucracy and then nobody can do anything unless we get permission from some idiot that can't produce anything except push a pencil around. Right? So, you know, so that's what you're, you're up against. And we weren't doing that on purpose. We weren't trying to... Um, blow the culture. It is a very subversive film, meaning it blows apart the cultural norms. But that's not the, the, that style over substance. Our point was substance. Story. Not style. We don't care. You know? Truth of the matter is, when we were auditioning actors for, I say actors, male or female can, can audition for that part of the uh, trans woman, okay? And the, sorry, the males did not... Um, we're not as good at acting. We wanted to pick the best actor. So we put pa- Paula Marcinaro, who's the best actor by far. She steals just about every scene she's in. So sue me, you know. Quality over quantity, guys. Quality, integrity, superior, better. And that's what Girl Next is to me. It's better than everything. You know, they go, oh, you know, you, you're just... You guys, you know, homage to Kubrick and all that. You know, yeah, we get comments that say, you know, stuff about Kubrick and stuff, but we're not competing with Kubrick. Kubrick had 15 times more money than we ever had. We're doing what we can with what we've got. And I can tell, I guarantee you one thing, you can girl next and get into it and get that book read. And the one thing you're going to want to do, if you read the book, you're going to tear into the movie. If you 
tear into the movie, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna rip that book apart and trying to learn more. And I'm on the journey with you. We're learning more about Lorraine West as we go. I don't know if she's a clone or not. I Look, we're just going to have to keep going and find out where this goes. And I need four movies. And then I need maybe another sequel or maybe even a series about Lorraine to figure it out. So I need, you know, money. And that's, you know, if there's anyone really rich out there that wants to do something, talk to us. Write, write, write in it. Just write a note to uh, go to crazedhouse.com. And write a note that, you know, you want to, you know, get involved in, uh, you know, uh, producing some really amazing things. And that's not all. We've got books, but we also have graphic novels coming and all kinds of things. We also have characters. We've got little, uh, like the Barada, the, the demon that's running the uh, show in Quantum Devil, uh, will be a little figure that you can get, you know. And, and I don't know if we can get it done by Christmas this time, but we'll, we'll get something. Me, I like the coin that was produced. Now, it's not gold or so. It's like a bronze coin. But here's the thing. Only 500 of those were made. It's just an, I like to have things like that. Like if I could have one. I, I may have a couple around here. I need to put it somewhere I can keep it. Because it's fun to refer back to it, you know. And, uh, you know, as we grow and have more personnel that we can do things with and more creations and then there'll be more things available but you know the world needs crazed house i think that's why god put us here and we're all we're all praying people we're all jesus people you know out there with <laughs> with the with the woke and the sharks and they and they you know and they get mad um they get they get uh really mad that you're you know you're walking around and making making something and getting noticed and they just can't stand it that they were supposed to be noticed they were supposed to have the brass ring they were supposed to be in the number one spot they were supposed to lord it over all of us but it's you know it's reversed and so that may maybe my testimony then of my experience uh will um will inspire others but but will will alert you to the fact that things are changing it's no longer the lamb pushed down and stay over there and stay out of sight. You know, it's, it's turned around and they can't stand it. And if this trend continues, well, that's the end of their, <laughs> that's the end of their entire program. Folks, you can't make a life on evil. You know, when you deal with people in, in you know, making movies or records or whatever it is, you, you know, paintings or anything, you know, you have to be able to interact with people and you've got to be honest. You can't just like, you know, um, just go do whatever you want out there, you know, and screw people left and right and just be a big asshole. That was Harvey Weinstein. I mean, he lorded it over the movie business and he was an asshole to everybody and lied to everybody and did whatever he wanted, bullied everybody and, and you see where he wound up. You can't make evil, you know, your God and, and succeed and and uh, and anything really, you have to. People need to know your word is your bond, you know. And they need to know that that handshake means something. And they need to know that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to, you know, you know, even if you're a little bit late, or if you, you're darn it, you're going to get it done, and and you're going to you're going to stick to what you said you're going to do. And those are the things 
that cause the most disasters in movies and business, you know, just business in general, because that's really what we are. We're, we're just in a business. So business in general, it's, it's when people don't follow through and do what they say they're going to do, deliver what they say they're going to deliver. And, and, and the people that succeed are you know, doing this every day. There may be little things like they were going to you know, make a phone call to somebody. They're going to do this or do that. And they, oh, I didn't make that phone call. I've got to, you know, and then they call and apologize. They keep working it out. It's the people that just forget the phone call and they don't follow through and they do whatever they feel like doing that eventually, you know, come to uh, a ruination. So you have to be honest. You got to be trustworthy. <clears throat> you got to know that, like, if, you know, you have to be able to show people, like, okay, so if they, get involved in, in making a film or they want to be a, you know, a producer and do something. I don't put out any GoFundMe. I don't really like that idea that, you know, you, you, people put up money and you just take it and it's yours. I don't know if you were sick, maybe and you needed it. You know what I mean? I just, that's not really my style, but I don't know. My, my thing is, um, I had a, a bunch of really rich friends <laughs> and, uh, a, a few of them I know are just, dying for an opportunity to do something, you know, to get out under their, under their, you know, under the grip of their, of their culture and their parents and their, and their, you know, kids and their, you know, they want to do something, right? Create something. And one of these days, you know, they come along and, you know, we talk and we, you know, just keep it quiet. But I'm just saying, you know, to do what we want to do is, is to do those two next two movies uh, well, we're casting the one now, Never Ever After, and that's a really, those are A-list actors that are going to be uh, involved, and so that's, you know, right there, a lot of money. <laughs> but, um, but like everybody, we need, you know, God's favor to go forward. I mean, we, and we know that, and we can't move forward without God's favor. And so far, everything that's happened to us, even we were complaining about timing, you know, like Quantum Devil having coming out, you know, like, months later than what we thought it would be. It was just the perfect timing. If you look at the the result of not even that much advertising, it just it just really it was just really a perfect launch. And um it's everywhere and people are, are you know buying it and downloading it and watching it and sharing it and telling their friends about it. And so I'm, you know, pretty thrilled with the way that's gone. And I like I say I like the movie a lot. But then again I need to get into the next thing. And I'm writing this hospital piece live, and I'm not sure that's the, the wisest thing to do psychologically for me. I put myself in kind of a psychological danger of, uh, but so far, so good. And when I say psychological danger, I mean, you know, the, the spiritual warfare. And um, I know that there's some people from the medical establishment watching, and there's been some harassment, you know, already. And so you guys that are following along with, uh, with you know, Angels versus Witches, it's, that's not really the title, but that's what we're using now. On the cover of that, there's, I'm, I'm in this hospital experience, which is multidimensional, and it's, it's, a, it's a real sick character study of just, I don't know, it's very, very... It, it's going to go to the same place, though. You know, it's going to be about all of us, really, in the end. But uh, this character, this poor old guy named Zeph, is it's just you know it's, it's the military industrial complex owns the hospitals, and it's all they're all run by psychiatrists, and those are all run by witches, 
So there you go. So these are things I'm discovering along the way, and I'm just horrified. I mean, me horrified. Imagine that, me horrified at something. And I just, um, you know, let's just, come on, let's be honest here. A lot of these widows in Beverly Hills and places like that, they dump their husbands off to die at the hospital, Cedar sinai and, and others. You know what happens? They dump them off, and then they die there. You know, they died. My dad died at 69. He was dumped. Um, geez, man. The, the, the people are so shallow, you know, and so materialistic and so disgusting. They just, okay, well, this husband can't do anything anymore. And they drop him off. They go get the facelift. They go get the young boyfriend. Oh, my mother did all that shit. Disgusting. It's just, just absolutely... You, inhuman, you know, the, 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 and, and, you know, you see, you see these character dramas on TV, you know, you see the way these elites talk to each other at these cocktail parties and stuff. It's absolutely, it's, it's unbelievable. And, um, had a long talk with, uh, my old director, Brian Usner last night and it was a good talk. And, uh, so we're going to be working on our we're working on the, the novelization of society and we've, we're going to, you know, we're going to get to the end of it and, and get it out there, I think. And that's the plan there. And that's something that would be, it's going to be published by a American publisher. And it's, um, when it comes out, I would try to get a signed copy because it's going to be, there's a lot of interest in it, you know? And, um, then we have our documentary, which is about how I came to write society and then if the book follows that, then it would be popular, and then there'll probably be another sequel to that iconic cult movie. That And Brian was reminding me last night, <clears throat> he said, you know, when this thing came out, it was a complete flop, you know, and, and he was talking about it, directing Bride of Reanimator over at uh, Culver City or somewhere. And um, I remember I went to the set. The set was in the Valley. It wasn't in, I, you know, it's all running together now. But, and he was saying how devastated he, they, everyone was at the news when that, the, the, you know, it screened in Cannes at the Cannes film market and uh, it got reviewed by Variety and they called, they, and I remember I, I read the review, I wasn't there on, on the set with him, I was over at the, uh, I read it over at the Ventura Boulevard and uh, Van Nuys, you know, Ventura and Van Nuys, that, uh, that newsstand there. Okay, so I, I picked it up there, and I just stopped and started reading. And it just called it a pretentious piece of shit. The one of the, just an absolute... And, it, you know, and I talked to the exact producer, Paul White, and he says, he goes, it, 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 we, we were slammed, we were ruined, we're, you know, basically banned. We're, 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 we're shut down. We're, everybody expected that to be a big hit. And it was a complete, total, 100% flop. It was absolutely, completely devastating flop. It was like, you're done. The review is the worst review I've ever read in Variety. And, and my name is in it. You know? And I'm sitting there like, and I'm not used to, I don't have a thick skin at this time. I'm standing there in front of the newsstand, petrified, like a petrified tree. You know? And... And I, I don't even know, I'm, my mouth is like oh, half open and I'm, you know, everything that I'd gone through, all the pain I'd gone through, all the kind of waking up and 
to write this story and trauma and panic attacks and psychiatrists and all kinds of stuff, it had all come to a, an abrupt end. And the fun of making the movie, you know, I thought, well, my life's finally getting straightened out. I've, there's something I'm, I'm pretty good at and maybe this will work out. You know what I mean? Because, you know, everything I've done is a failure pretty much except for this. And now this. For the one good thing that goes in my life, the one thing that might be some direction out of this depression and, 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 and continuity of failures, and it's a complete disaster. <laughs> and I'm standing there on the sidewalk, you know, and you know that corner, if you know that corner of Ventura and, and Van Nuys, you know how busy that is, right, with cars everywhere. And I'm standing there just, you know, like I've been struck by lightning. And um, I'm, in, I'm beyond pain now. I'm, I'm in shock. And uh, I'm just like, I've failed. I've, I've, you know, all these people I let, maybe I convinced them that, I, I, that everything was okay when it wasn't. I, maybe I should have pulled out and, and let them run with it. Or I don't know, well, what have I done and it wasn't just me, it was Screaming Mad George, a uh, surreal artist from uh, Okinawa, from Japan, who's also a, a great musician, band, band leader, and so forth, and, you know, kind of a punk band thing going. He did all this, like, visual effects, and, um, you know, he, he really went out of his way to, to create, like, a, a Salvador Dali type of um, thing. And if you see the documentary in the future, which, which you will, I don't know when, but you you will, and you'll you'll see he's on there, and he explains it. But he he uh, you know created this whole surreal thing that it's just the most shocking, amazing ending of any movie. And so it was me and Brian and and George really, and Rick, my writing partner at the time, was in in, in the hospital. I think he was not well, but uh, anyway, didn't matter. We were done. And the end of the story is that one of the produ- both producers were British, okay? And um, one of them, I'm, I'm not sure whether it was both of them or one of them, or uh, they decided to go four wallet in, um, in uh, the London West End in the you know, best theater there. I forget what theater it was. And, you know, in the hopes that maybe somebody would see it, you know, maybe we could... You know, because everybody believed in it, they just couldn't believe this that variety. I mean, it seemed to me like this was some some kind of this woman was like had something up her ass. You know what I mean? She was just like a gatekeeper, you, you know, trying to stop something from happening. It not it didn't seem like it seemed like activism more than a review. It seemed unfair, you know, because I've never seen a review that bad. Well, anyway. I mean, maybe they are that bad, but I mean, this was really bad. So that was, you know, so distribution in the U.S. is over. We were basically banned now. Now we can't sell it. The the Japanese investors that invested in it, they're out, you know, million and a half dollars or something, and, you know, they're not happy, and no one's happy. So uh, the producer, his name was Keith Wally, you know, and he really shepherded this picture, and he was one that got Brian to direct his first, you know, his first, it was his first directing debut. And um, he went to England to Four Wallet, you know, to try to save the day. And it turned into a hit in England. And, you know, in London. And it had nines around the block. 
And I couldn't, I actually couldn't believe it. The next thing you know, there was a American deal, there were DVDs, there was, there was LaserDisc, I had a LaserDisc of it, there was, uh, you know, VHS, LaserDisc, DVD eventually, and then eventually Brian came up with a, um, you know, a, a centennial edition at the end of, two, you know, 2000, the turn of the century, and it all turned into this big cult hit, which down to, it still has people clamoring over it today. It's still in high demand today. Where all the other films, I mean, there are some real classics from those times, especially in the '80s, you know. But we we're, we're, we weren't released till '92 or something because of this being slammed. And so I guess the lesson, kids, is that it's never over, and you're never really slammed. I mean, this kind of thing happens to us. Now, none of them have ever experienced anything like this. But I mean, me, I have experienced stuff like this. You know, you know, you're up for parole, or you're up for, you know, oh, oh, we've had a meeting, and you're not really ready yet. <laughs> you know, I, I was gonna go have my birthday at the beach, and uh, and uh, you ruined, you ruined my plan. You know that that kind of fuckery. You know, and I, forgive my français, but uh, that's what it is. I mean, I, there's no better word for it than. The, those demons will, they'll fuck with you. If you're, you, they just want you on their side, hundred percent. And then you know, but then you're bought and paid for. Then that's no good. Then whatever you do in life doesn't count. So, so what? You know, it's a big yawn. Anyway, um, be that as it may, you know, the thing about it is, uh, you know, we were, everybody was right in their instincts. And, but you see, the world's going to mess, you know, the world wanted to mess with it. They, why they, they just, why they ruin it? Because they could ruin it. They just had to lift their leg and ruin it. And, you know, we, under, lambs, understand that quite a bit better than the, the worlders, because the worlders have had, you know, the wind at their back. And, you know, you're going full up a, a, against this spiritual war. You know, they'll just lead you down the primrose path. Oh, everything's going to be great. And then they pull out the rug from under you right at the last second and you never get to the promised land, you know. And so I'm, I'm here to tell you, but, but wait a second. It ain't over at that point. When the rug gets pulled out from under you, that's just the beginning. You got to get back up there and, and stand there without the rug. Okay, that's the only way you're going to win. I mean, that's the only way you can keep your integrity and win. If, you know, and, you know, as Joni Mitchell says in her song, what was that song, The Fishes and all that, The Fish Wives? <laughs> she goes, what was that song when she goes, show them you won't, when they put the hoses on you? Uh, sh- what, what is that lyric? Show them you won't expire? Yeah. They're gonna turn the hoses on you. Show yep. Them <laughs> they are. So to the credit of everybody involved, after that devastating blow, everybody kept going. The Bride of Reanimator was a big hit. It was supposed to fail because it's a sequel to this famous cult movie Reanimator, and so how could that possibly win? And it did. And then that, that then brought society back. And then, you know, the, 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 history, the rest is history. It's two successful films back-to-back, and that launched Brian's career as a director. He's already a producer. But so I just, you know, I, I don't know if there's help there or not. I didn't really plan on 
We might as well have had this talk, though, because I want to direct you over to Crazed House to get involved in some exciting things. And, um, it, you know, if you're game, and if not, fine. I'm wearing a T-shirt today, Quantum Devil, with Tyler Tackett's face on it. It's the one, it's the, the poster. And I think it's terrific. Anyway, those are there. Um, I think up to 3X, maybe 4X. There, there may be some 5Xs there. Um, there's... Um, there's all, all kinds of stuff there at Crazed House, and we would really appreciate it if, if you find it could be a stocking stuffer or something you could want to give somebody as a, you know, if you know, a fan of these kind of movies and whatever, and give them a DVD or, you know, give them something, that, that would be great because we're just, you know, fledgling, launching our, you know, con- continuing year after year to launch our production company, getting results done. We've got a lot more done than anybody else, okay? Three movies and a you know, in a very quick period of time is, 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 uh, you know, outstanding, uh, but we need to continue. And, uh, so, so that's there and it's also there for fun. It's fun to look at the website. I, I said, you know, we should do some live video about, you know, behind the scene, put more behind the scenes up there so you can keep checking it out and go and see some, you know, free videos behind the scenes and just see what's happening. And we, we did a little bit of that at the, um, uh, Frightmare convention, and we do go to horror conventions, so, you know, well, I've just got to make, it's because it's easy to put up, you know, a bit or two of, of, you know, live stuff. We just, I got to get more fluid with it. I, it. It's hard to get the, you know, to get a, I have to be able to manipulate that side a little bit myself, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not really sure how to do that, but, um, but so far it's been handled very well, and um, it's growing, and it's looking good. And some great reviews are up there. And you can just follow us along, and, and why not? If you listen to the Zeph Report, you know, you're getting my spiritual uh, uh, aspect here. And then you can follow me on Substack. And Substack is just, I'm just, you know, it's, I'm just naked. I'm standing naked, you know. Well, I kind of am here, but I mean, it's not it's even more naked. Because it's just me and my little pen, you know, against the world there. And... um and I have to really, it's really hard to, to keep, with all the things swirling around and all the responsibilities that I have and all the, 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 the tasks I have to do to make that time to get the substack. But I'm going to keep making that a special place to hang out. Because that's where ideas are hatched, you know. Because from there, that story could very easily go to being adapted into a screenplay and into a, it may be something you followed from the beginning. And then if you see it grow to fruition, I think it'd be a very interesting story as a, a movie one guy in a hellhole of a hospital trying to survive, and they're, and they're trying to usurp his... He's got special talents and special things. He was, was a military asset, and now they're trying to extract that to get their, him to kill somebody that uh, they don't like. You know, a little Manchurian candidate action. Yeah, I would say that probably it could... And he's resisting that. He's trying to figure out what voices are coming from God and what's coming from the devil, and they're putting voices in his head. And then they're saying, well, you're sick. And then they're controlling him. It's totally unfair, and um, it's it, it, a complete uh, bamboozling of a person, you know, all, all to exploit, you know, to to do their evil, really, you know, and um, our poor guy just is, is kind of falling into it, into the trap, and uh, I don't know how it's going to wind up. The other thing is about Santa Fe itself. Santa Fe seems to be one big lie. 
One big lie, it's all based on the cross of the martyrs. And that's coming up in the book already. That's, that's We're already dealing with that. But he is a friend of, you know, some of the uh, tribes, you know, the, the indigenous, the uh, Pueblo people, because they see that he knows the story. And they know, but they couldn't change it because the Catholic Church is too strong in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the Masons. The Masons, pretty much Scottish right Freemasonry, runs the place. Go look at any graveyard around here, and all you see is Masonic symbols. It's terrible. It's a disgrace. And, um, you know, um, look no further about the, the subjection of the Indians than, than the Scottish right people. Of course, Indians can become Masons. You know, anyone can. I'd, you know, it's a little bit of a mumbo-jumbo. But the whole town is founded on a lie. And that's not unusual for world history, is it, folks? But our character, Zeph, in the book, he is dealing with it because he got firsthand knowledge of it from these beings, these, from a supernatural experience. And, and that, that's covered in the book as well. So it's angels versus witches. It's free on Substack unless you want to subscribe. I will allow you to subscribe and pay me something if you want there, not here. But there, but I, it's not something I want to, you know, I'd rather just put it in terms like, you know, if you want to get this or that at Crazed House and, and all that stuff, because we have, I have commerce in my life now. I have to, I can't just ignore and hate money and ignore selling things. I can't, you know what I mean? But I can't make it a thing like at the Zeph Report, I'm going to withhold something until uh, you, you buy, you know, something from the show that I'm not going to sell anything on the show. I hope that keeps me clean. If it doesn't, I'll just have to shut up. I'll know. I can feel it. Someone jumps in who's a Muslim and wants to put in $10 million, which is almost nothing these days for film. And, and, um, you know, <laughs> and, and, then, and then it's like, now Zeph is on the Zeph report. He's got to say something about the Muslim. Oh, he's not going to say anything because he's worried about offending his investor. Oh, no. And if that's the case, then... Fuck it, it's over. That I, before taking any money like that from anyone, they have to understand that I have free wheeling here, and that if they're offended, then they shouldn't jump in. I guess that's the way we should put it. You know, but we've got to have podcast here, spiritual warfare. We've got you know writing. Me, I am a writer. I'm a you know, published author, and and. Uh, professional screenwriter. I need to start acting like one. I need to produce. I need to sell. I need to put money in the bank. I need to pay people. We have to pay a lot of people at Crazed House. That's why we need people to you know buy stuff and hopefully you like our movies and where we're going with this uh, Quantum Quartet, the Haunted Hotel, uh, I'm sorry, Hospital, uh, the Girl Next uh, sequel that will be a part of that, kind of like the fifth Beatle or something hanging on. I shouldn't say Beatle. I can't stand the Beatles. I can't stand the Stones. I can't stand any of them. I feel duped by all the 60s and 70s music, you know. I feel duped because they were they were inducted by, you know, the think tanks and the, you know, and the uh, spooks. And they were, you know, mind controlled. And then the lyrics had to mean a certain thing. And it had to all be about recruiting. And now look, very successful. Now look at the world. 
They ruined it. They ruined it. Don't just blame Larry Fink. All the culture, all these kids running after all the, now, and now it's Taylor Swift who's ruining the world. Another complete waste of time. But she's got a spell on him. She's got a grip on him. She's making billions of dollars. She's the, the, the most successful entrepreneur in our country is Taylor Swift. Can you imagine that's all we can produce? That's it. That's pathetic, man. That's, that's, that's sad. You know, it's just like you know, when I see people get caught up in the football games. It's sad. All of this stuff was used to dupe us. They didn't need to bludgeon us or to pressure us or to say white supremacy, MAGA, you know, threaten us from the pulpit of, uh, you know, Joe, the, uh, Joe Obama, you know. They didn't need to do that. We did it already. We bought the music. We bought the records. We never deciphered what they meant. And they're programming us all the time. You know, to be part of to be part of the whole. You know, well, what was the one song by Yes? Just so telling. I, I forget. I forget the. You know, I, I'm, I went over that years ago. I don't want to recover that. But they're another piece of shit band. Great musicians. Bad message. You know, give up your individuality and be a slave. That's the message. And further to it, Harari takes it to another level. John Anderson should go over there and, and start, you know, use Harari's writings as his new lyrics, which is basically man has no free will is a hackable animal. That's where it all at. You know, the depersoning of the human being by John Anderson. Perfect. And he, he'd probably hear this and go, I have no idea. This guy's nuts. I have no idea. You know, people say, oh, he's crazy. You know, no one. Yeah, he, we don't know what he's talking about. Yes. We do know what we're talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. I'm very, very accurate on this. On almost everything like this, I'm accurate. And um, he was the Pied Piper leading the charge. He's, he's the roundabout. <laughs> He'll be in and out. He'll be all about. And, uh, you know, and uh, isn't it lovely when we succeed? No, John, you're a, you're the road to success. You're the you're uh, another you know a few steps on the way is all. But thank you for your service. Satan loves you. Lucifer loves you. The Masons love you. Meanwhile, Larry Fink loves you, and all the three piece suits worship the ground you walk on. All the guys in the club love you. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, you made it real pretty. And I know without help, you couldn't have sounded so pretty. A nice little choir boy singing. No, it's, you, you know, and all the virtuoso guitars and drums. and it, it, All those wonderful sounds, you know. Did you do that? Or did somebody help you with that? Did somebody, as Obama says... Somebody made that happen. You didn't do that, did you? You didn't build that. Um, the only thing I have to go on is live concerts. Seeing John, I love everybody, Mr. New Age Anderson, in his live concerts was were not so impressive. I couldn't quite pull it off. 
But um, so just like the Beatles could never pull off what they did in the studio, you know, what they did on their studio albums could never be recreated. They could, they were just guys in a band. All this stuff then, what, what was it all about? One word, it was all about recruiting. And now the fruition. You see all the people marching? Oh, they march for Israel, they march for Palestine, they march for anything. Queers for Palestine. Well, the queers are being thrown off the buildings and killed. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Queers for Palestine. One of the stupidest slogans I've ever seen in my life. You know, lifting up Palestine and, and you know, Hamas and people like that that want to throw them off buildings for being gay. That makes a tremendous amount of sense to me. Anyway, and now they're demon-possessed. And now they all need deliverance, and they're not going to get it. It's just going to spread and spread and spread. Bill Gates' vengeance. So here's where I started today, and here's where we'll wind up. All these guys have one thing in common. You know, the guys you see, you know, which are not the top guys, but they're still very important players. The Larry Fink's, the Bill Gates is the, you know, Soros, the, the, um, you know, Alex Soros, the, you know, Marina Bravamich, and, you know, it goes on and on. The list goes on and on. All have one thing in common, you know, and some of the entertainers, like Lady Gaga's that are, you know, you know, protégés of this and other people that are caught up in it. It all has one thing in common. All these people were picked on as children, bullied. That's right. And so for Gates, I know this entire thing that he's doing is vengeance. He doesn't know it. He thinks he's saving the world. But it's all vengeance because he was picked on at school. And, you know, I, I feel like they, you know, I always say they, they, they pants him and ran his pants up the flagpole on, on, a, on the prom day or something and every, you know, and, and embarrassed him in front of all these people, whatever. Something like that happened. And then he's been... Uh, seeking vengeance against the world and the people of the world, putting himself way above the world ever since. And I think Larry Fink probably falls in the same category, and, and they all do. I've met so many of these people. And e even you know people that, that went to like Harvard School and where I went and all that, a lot of them becoming very successful had to do with, you know again, vengeance. They wanted to get even, and that's what drove them. And I believe Gates wants to get even with the whole human race. Because, you know, back when you're in school, that is the human race to you. And then it just gets widened as if you don't deal with the trauma. It just becomes, you know, mass murder is the only real thing that you can do that will give you satisfaction. And so he's a mass murderer. Everybody knows it. And nobody says anything because he has all this money to crush people with. So... But, but it all stems from one motivation, vengeance. Getting even with the people that picked on him because he was a nerd. And, and by Joe, he's going to have his way. If he has to block the sun out, cut the trees down, tear, tear, take down the dollar, take down the U.S., take down this, take down that, have a global thermonuclear war, whatever. Whatever it takes to destroy. And while he's destroying everything, and destroying people's genome, destroying the human genome, which is basically destroying the people. That's winning, by the way. Uh, one, you know, it, 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 while he's doing that, he has nothing but applause from these, you know, absolute dupes and fools 
who are dumber than a than a than a than a, than a, than a box of dead snakes, and um, you know there they are sitting in uh, you know CNN and their studios and this and that, just dolts. They're they're no they're lampshades, and then they you know they get animated. And oh, Bill, what are you, what's your next project? Oh, are you planting trees, Bill? No, I don't plant trees. Well, we like trees very much. Well, what are we going to be with the idiots or with the, with science? Oh, yes, Bill. And then everyone goes, yay! The whole crowd applauds. And just like when you watch this guy Colbert, I mean, he's sitting there with his smug, like, so, so liberal politics thing. He makes a point that's really stupid, and everyone goes, ah! They all clap, no matter how dumb he sounds. Last thing I saw him do was pick on Kristen Stewart, a, a, a fabulous actress. And he was just, like like, gaslighting her on live, you know? And, and the crowd was, oh, yeah, you know, probably wanted to see her blow her brains out. Oh, no, they're mean. Oh, yeah, oh, that Colbert guy would be, you know, if you meet any of these people in private, if you ever have that, I wouldn't say privilege, but if you ever get the chance uh, to go to any of their cocktail parties or any of their even light things, it's charity events, you'll see how mean they are. You won't even believe it. It's really a contest to see who can be the meanest. In those areas of celeb celebtardation, it's celeb sickness. You know, we're better than you, and we're going to tell you what to think. And if you don't listen, we're going to mock you. And you're always wrong; we're always right. And that's basically the celebtard mentality. That's that's the celebtard motto you have to accept. Because the other side of that is, if you're vulnerable before the public, the public will tear you a new one. They will tear you down. That's correct. So they so they become mean, real mean. Like I don't care if you live or die mean. Like, you know, go ahead and blow everything up. I could care less as long as I got my security guard, my mansion in Bel Air, and my, uh, you know, my whatever it is. They worship cars. Well, then again, we've got uh, you know Tate with his cars. You know, boasting about his cars. I just thank God. I I, I thought he'd learn his lesson after he got sort of pummeled and thrown in prison and all that. He, he took the prison to mean that he's a martyr. No, the prison was a way of, you know, God giving him a time out, you know, to shut him up, to, to say, hey, look, buddy, you know, don't just keep torturing people. Oh, you got all these bitches and all these, all these uh, cars and all these clubs, and I'm just living this great lifestyle, flying around smoking cigars on my private plane, and uh, you're all a bunch of schmucks. And or you know, reverse. If you take my course, I'll teach you how to do this too. It's like, oh no, please don't, please don't teach anyone how to be like you. And he's, I'm liberating men from their cuckolded uh, experiences. It's like, uh, no, you're not. You're you're getting people to worship material, the material world, the materialism. You don't need 12 cars. I mean, you want to collect them just because you like to collect them, but but then don't go boasting about them and putting them in people's face and make people feel bad if they only have five cars. And you have 10 cars, so you're better than them. Don't, that's, that's what, you know. And then mixing the word God in with it all, right? He does that. And he's got his brother aiding and abetting him. And he's got, you know, the, the, the hot women just, you know, you know, kneeling before, you know, according to him, he's got to be getting a lot of uh, nookie, you know. 
they're throwing their panties at him and all this. And he's, so he's going about like that. And, um, you know, the, the other day I saw he had a, uh, TikTok up of a, a feast enough to feed 30, 40 people, you know, mainly steaks and roasts and just uh, very expensive delicacies and, and gourmet meals. And he and his brother were just like deciding what they're going to eat off the table. And I guess I don't know what happens to the rest of it. So I guess the maids clean it up. But it was like a disgusting kind of, um, you know, like the, the the kings and queens of old would be just chomping on the giant thing of meat there at the table and then throwing the bones to the little people. You know, it, it's um, it's it, it, it's it's not what's needed. You know, I don't need Andrew Tate. I mean, I, I, well, I guess you know, I'm, I'm old enough to not fall into the, you know, to 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 be able to call it call it what it is. But you know, young men don't need him as an example. You know, it's it really just comes down to, and you'll notice a lot of people have dropped him. You know, so you don't need him as an example. What you need is, you know, character. You know. Um, heart, honesty, integrity. And it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, fat or thin, or whatever it is. It doesn't matter whether you get all the girls throwing their panties at you in your Ferrari to take them to the club, which you might not even want to go to the club. <clears throat> what do you go to the club for? To show off what a big man you are, right? That's insecurity. That's not of God. That's not of anything. That's of no integrity. That's showing off. That's nouveau riche. That's disgusting. And it's uh, typical. A lot of celeb tards get like that when they first hit it. You know? Entering, you know, a guy like Nicolas Cage with all his, bought all these mansions and all this stuff. And he got into financial difficulty eventually. He had to do movie after movie just to make ends meet. Didn't quite work out the way he thought. You know, not, nothing against him. I don't know him. I've, I've he enjoyed his movies, you know, no big deal. It's just that uh, there's, you know, the stories were published about his buying lots of things and then, you know, running out of money. And the, the point is, is that the focus on, you know, so the focus, okay, so let's take it back to my situation. What's the goal for Crazed House? The goal is to just do the next thing. And then, you know, I, I we're trying to build a, you know, you know, you know, we have a functioning studio here, so we're going to continue to do what we do and, and hopefully be led by God. But um, I, I had one producer that uh, he really, really was, he really wanted my car. I had a, a BMW 750 12-cylinder way back in the late 80s, early 90s. And he really... He just wanted that car. He felt that, you know, he deserved it. He wanted me to give him that car right then and there. Because he was the big, he was going to be the big tough guy. And I didn't need a car like that. <laughs> he decided. And so basically I ended up giving up the car. I, I you know, I didn't give it to him, but I, I gave it up because I realized I don't even need a car. What am I doing with this car? He's right. He's the one that wants to go showing it off and drive it up to the valet so he's like a big man. At that time, that was a big car. Now, today, it wouldn't be anything. But, you know, I don't need to do that. I don't need, really need, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, what do we need? I, when you talk like this, of course, they get nervous. They wonder, well, what is your motivation then if it's not money, if it's not 
fame if it's not it's not fame, so it's not so it makes no sense. And I think the answer I have is well, I'm want to do what the Lord wants me to do, and I want to do it to the best of my ability. I just want to, you know, if, if it's producing film, then let's produce film. That's what he has me doing. If he wants me to leave and leave the Zeph report, even, because I'm, you know, just wasted all your time today talking about all this stuff. Um, if he wants me to leave, then I'll leave. Or like some people said, well, you know, stop this movie thing. Get out of there and just do the Zeph report. But that's not what's happening. I'm not controlling it. I'm not, this is unfolding before my eyes as well. You know, I can't tell you. I, you know, I, I know that um, I had to get a lot tougher because a lot of rocks were thrown at me. You know, for trying to do anything in the world, you get rocks thrown at you, but so does everybody else. So it's, you know, don't, you know, I am pretty tough anyway. I don't know how tough, but tough enough to look at death in the face without flinching. I, maybe that's worn, maybe that's not the word tough. Maybe the word is worn down. <laughs> I'm worn down enough so that I see death. It's like, okay, yeah, next. Anyway, enough of that. But please do go to crazedhouse.com, crazedhouse.com, crazedhouse.com. I just love that website. I really want that website to be like, I, I want us to be, a, you know, just out there like Marvel, you know, like, you know, like, 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 you know, the alternative to Disney or something, you know, crazed house. Well, what the hell are those guys up to? Well, we, we're also working with like, you know, other writers and not just me. I mean, there's other, more and more people coming in all the time, um, with their projects and their, you know, we're also a library, uh, that soon you'll be able to get, you know, various films there. So we are a library, a growing library. And that we are repackaging, you know, some classic films, some things that uh, need to be seen. We're, you know, you know, using the tools available today to to restore some of these great, you know, movies, and um, they will be available, and you'll be able to see them. And uh, I think that's a cool thing because I've been watching, you know, older films lately, and and not from the classic channel because they tell me what to watch, but. You know, stuff that was like 1992, kind of hidden. One I saw, a terrific one with Christopher Lambert. I forget the name of it. Where he goes to Japan and there's like, he has to fight the ninjas. And it was great. It was just like, where where was this? I don't even remember this, you know. And uh, it just popped up. And it was, it was like, God, it's so much better than movies right now because... People are having to be so politically correct, and you know, the Chinese are, you know, I guess the reason God has us here is because we're not being censored. In other words, we're not being, we don't have the Chinese editing our screenplays, right? Which is awful. You know, the, the CCP, you know, editing the screenplays because they own four, four out of six studios. You know, they edit every, you know, them and the CIA, they edit all this. They might as well just write it, for, forget any of us. But so, you know, like, I'm, I'm not interested in the Expendables right now, the new Expendables movie, because it's, it's going to be the same old shit, you know? And, and you know, we got, um, we had an opportunity to do some films with people in another country. I won't mention it, which one. But 
I, I, I was showing the police department, like part of it was corrupt. They, oh, you can't do that. We have to show that our police departments are all clean, clean as a whistle. I'm like, oh my God, is this an echo of America? Like the FBI are all, all perfect heroes or like the, you know, the, the, the police are the good guys. <laughs> and, and that's what you, so you get this skewed lie out of Hollywood. So the only truth you can ever get in movies, you know, truth, truth in fiction, you know, t- fiction is about truth, but it comes out in another way, in an entertaining way that we can look at, right? So that's what you want to consume because that's going to help you in your life too and you're going to have a thrilling story and you get to talk about it and think about it and it actually can help you in your own walk in life. That's what it used to be like before these fucking Chinese got involved in the you know, editing of screenplays. I can't even imagine. So they, they look good, they sound good, but they're really just a nice set of false teeth. You know, and, you know did I predict uh, Jennifer Lawrence's demise? Oh. Oh, uh, it's happening. Yeah, no, and it's it's that people think. Um, okay, so the song I played, people want to know what that song is. It's called Toilet Head, and it's just a little ditty I came up with yesterday about Bill Gates and Larry Fink. You know, just a little. It was on my mind. I did it in two hours. I I played. I've got my synth. See, I've got my secret weapon there. The Waldorf Iridium Synth. Oh, my gosh. What geniuses those guys are, Waldorf. So, so I'm, I, I don't even deserve to have this thing. This is more like something for Dream Theater or something, you know. But um, it has this aftertouch. And so you get all these sounds out of it, you know. And then I use a, uh, uh, what you heard on that track was a Dave Smith uh, Prophet 6 uh, sequencer. And yeah, I love, I get some great sounds out of that thing. That's been kind of my secret weapon the whole time. It's a module. It doesn't have a keyboard, but I, I use, I have a MIDI keyboard to trigger it. And then uh, the Waldorf. And then I use, um, I, I use Reason, uh, just, uh, what's it called? The um, Octorex. What's that called? The, the, uh, it's got like these little drum kits in it and stuff. And it's like a loop player. It plays it into your track. Yeah, just that. And then I started adding other drums. I started adding more complexity to the beat. Uh, I started adding a separate hi-hat, and I started you know, layering up with another kick drum. And then I got a snare involved, which I put an echo on, and it started you know, kind of driving it. But subtle. I kept everything subtle. You know? it's, 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 it's there to entertain. It's not there for you to go, wow. But then... I got real complex in the uh, key. I had three keyboards going. I had three synths going. My secret, secret weapon, which is, and, and Rich Keltner doesn't think this is a secret weapon at all. He thinks this is uh, obsolete. But my secret, secret weapon, my go-to synth on, on line synth is Serum. Right? And, uh, and then the Waldorf and then the, uh, the uh, sequencer also plays regular, like, keyboard stuff. So I want to layer that up, you know, but I'm, what I'm going for is a sort of chaotic people that are out of control, causing wars. Kind of, I want that sound from those synths to really hit that, you know. And uh, then, you know, and then I have the advantage of a mastering studio, analog. It's all analog. So I'm running, the, so I'm run, running a stereo track out of reason. Then I decide, okay, I'm not even going to mix this. I'm just going to go master it. 
Okay, because it didn't need mixing. It, it was just a simple nothing. You know, it's just something to entertain, something fun. So I, I kick it into my mastering in Pro Tools, and uh, I run it through the Two Bus Plus. I run it through the uh, Burl ADDA conversion. I run it through the 10M um, clock. I run it through the uh, the Tascam clock. Okay, um, then I link up. I run it through the Neve um, uh, Portico uh, bus compressor. I run it through the API compressor, and uh, I run it through the, uh, the, the, the Bax EQ, and um, then I put on a limiter on it, and I put a meter on it to make sure I stay within the confines of volume, and uh, it just sounded, I was digging it, so I printed it, and after I printed it, I shared it with you. You got it right, boom, just like that, and I'm not done yet. I've, I've just gotten back in there. I got a lot more ideas and, and probably they will grow into some complexity if we do some collaboration, which I'm, you know, I may do. Um, our song on Quantum Devil, the last song, Ether, it won an award. I can't remember what festival it won, but it won an award of best song. You know, and that was me, Colin, Katie Brooks. Colin's our composer, so was, he's in the UK, so it was a collaboration. I wrote the original, um, you know, I performed the original scratch track. And then we layered it up from there. It's really not, I'd love to do that thing over again with just all real instruments in a, in a proper tracking studio. That's what it really needs and then go mix it. But, you know, we, we did what we did and we won. And, and I, I like it. I'm going to play it on my way out of here. Um, right, right. We're going to have music available. What I'd like to do is publish, you know, Girl Next. Great soundtrack, by the way. You got to have this on, on a, you know, on your device. Girl Next, um, Quantum Devil, and especially the documentary has amazing music. And then we're doing new music for a new a new film that we're um, doing a post on right now. That's uh, the music was so good, the samples were so good of the the uh, the um, what do you call that when you get uh, ideas are scratched out? You know, just the ideas that I just started crying. It's just, it's just kind of a sad movie. It's, it's, um, you know, we're restoring a movie from the past and it's, it's really about death. And, uh, so it's got heavy spiritual themes, heavy themes to it. And it's about, you know, what a, a woman goes through to, uh, to be able to die. And, uh, you know, what she, she's got to work things out and she doesn't have much time to do it. I may not have either here, Trish. I may not have ether here, but it's it's uh, somewhere. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, yeah, go check out crazedhouse.com because I'm going to be over there. And, and do check out zephdaniel.substack.com. Is that what it is? Yeah. zephdaniel.substack.com. Is Zeph, Zeph, the Zeph E. Daniel Substack. And, um, you know, if you haven't read any of that, Angels Versus, I, I would urge you to read. Uh, the chapters are not that long. They're very involved, though, in the writing. There's some very deep spaces we get into. And um, I'm not sure that's the healthiest thing for me to be doing, but it, it's, it's, it's going on. And um, I think this, this story is going to go somewhere in the future. You know, I, I can't, you know... I'm, I'm not always right, but uh, and stuff like that. You know, if it were, if that was true, you'd, 
I would never be here, be at the you know the racetrack or something. But uh, it, it feels like it, like it's got that it's got some legs to it. So you know we'll see. It's kind of cool over there right now at Substack. I'm kind of under the radar. There's just mainly friends and family following me. You know people I know already, and then a few new ones that come in. I'm always excited to see if you know how long they last. <laughs> well. It's not the easiest thing to, you know, it's easier to go to Facebook and, you know, have everyone following everybody, you know, Instagram. When you're on Substack, you've got to pull them along with, you know, if the, if you've got to be true to your story, but then you hope the story pulls them along and, and feeds them. You know, in other words, they're interested, they're intrigued, and they want to read more. And that's what I want for them. I want them to be excited about it and be, to be getting something out of it. You know, while I'm getting some, we're all getting something out of it. And so you just have to go back and see what's going to happen, you know, and, and that's that's I love that when a story does that to me when I get hooked on it and I got to find out where that's going. That's how I am kind of Lorian West. I wonder who she is. I wonder what it's all about. I, I wonder where that's going to go. I'm dying to to know more, to write more, to see more, and I, I just feel like I'm still kind of in the dark. And I want more. I want to understand. So uh, she's got me hooked, and then all this quantum stuff. Quantum Devil has me hooked. Like I say, I saw it the other day on TV. I rented it on Amazon. Phenomenal. Just, I loved it. It's, it's, I'm, I'm so happy that, that you know, we buttoned that one up and we gave it to God. It was time. Whatever the world says about it doesn't even matter. You know, they go, we usually get, you know, either F or A. <laughs> a plus or F minus. <laughs> I won't say that because that's not the way it's going to be in the future. In the future, things are going to you know, definitely turn around. And you'll be able to see them. It's not going to be just kick you in the face, we hate you, go to hell. You know, It's like, yeah, but see, you're the ones in hell. You're the one giving hell. You're the ones who opened up this hell. You're the ones who created hell on earth. And then you're telling us to go to hell. We're here as a, as a force of at least moderation for you evil fuckers. You know, no, and it's not because of being good or a goody two-shoot, any of that crap. It's position. I've always told you that. It's your soul position. Do you have an intact soul? Okay. You are going to be blamed for everything. Do you have a compromised soul? Yeah, well, then you're going to get away with stuff. But you need the, the, the soul that's intact and, and all our sinners, right? All our liars. But you need the soul that's intact to, to help to bring you about and, and bring you out of that, unless you just want to give up now. And if so, why, why keep living? You're going to make no contribution here. There's nothing, you know, there's, I guess maybe you need to just start helping out other people and maybe make that a ministry to, to you know, go into a redemption cycle. What I was saying about possession, folks, is really real. If you look at a lot of the marches, a lot of the fervor around this Israel conflict and all this stuff, um, you know, who benefits by it are the uh, military-industrial complex benefits by it, by both sides, and they back both sides. So it's kind of hard to, you know, root for Israel or root for Palestine when all sides are controlled by the same people and the same money, right? They just want to see people bludgeon and kill each other, and I'm sick of it. And I will see you next time. I, you know what I, I miss? Do you remember Spun? Oh, <laughs> I just thought of this. 
um, spun. Um, I wonder if I have that. No, it's taking me to SoundCloud. Oh, no, here it is. No, there's a comedy from 2002. Why wouldn't it be there? This seems to always be happening with me. Let's see about here. Well, the worst thing in the world... Well, let's see. Is this it? Let's see. Why did they make it so difficult? Can you not see well, that? Well, that's better now. There must be some way out of this. It's better now. It's much better now. It's better now. It's much better now. Yeah. I'll see you next time. God bless. <laughs>
You have no right over my soul You have no right I know you're mind controlled And your soul is gone I know you're just a servant of darkness I'd settle the score. 